Welcome to Running Bias. This is Zach. This is Ben. And this episode of Running Bias, the 16th, is one Probably of the... Probably the last, because one of us does not want to do this next <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, God, what if we're watching the game together and Ben gets pissed off at me? He's like, I want to do the podcast. And it will like, now just be bias, because yeah. Zach will be running the other direction. <laughs> so... Super special uh, rivalry edition podcast between the running bias hosts. Um, Zach, your representative from LSU, and Ben, your representative from Alabama. Ben, how much are we going to talk about other teams today? Zero to possibly a little. Uh, I'm thinking zero, but we'll see what we do when we get there. And it could, it might very well turn well, into. Well, see, a, the only thing that would make it better is if I'm like, yeah, let's talk about some other teams, and you're like, no, I don't want to. You know what would make then, it better? And then LSU loses, and then you're like, we probably should have talked about more teams last week. You know what would make it better? What? Is if you quit interrupting me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you could hold on to a thought for more. Oh, goldfish. It's gone. Huh. Squirrel. Squirrel. Um, all right. So. I just checked our reviews. They're exactly where they were last week, which is great news. What worried. a surprise. I was hoping somebody didn't, like, revoke their rating, you know, after listening to us. But, uh, look, guys, any feedbacks, uh, greatly appreciated. Our Twitter handle is at Bias Running, and our Instagram handle is? Running Bias 365. I'm telling you, man, like, you got to be on this. I you, am on this. It's Twitter than Instagram, and you've got you've to be ready to jump in there. Yeah, it's for the people. All right, so I heard there was a little game going on this weekend, uh, a little bit uh, north of us. What do you know about this game? Oh, you're talking about the Troy-Georgia Southern game? I am so done with you already. <laughs> <laughs> I am just like, you I've headed up a, to here. You said man. a little north of us. Oh, you're driving me nuts. He has been wanting to talk about this for so long. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. Wait, then you start. You're ready. Look, okay, so look. I mean, you know little intro here. So this is going to be your ultimate Bama LSU discussion podcast between two people who know nothing about it but are great fans of both teams. Um, and I drive it right into the ground. Yeah, you're mean. You know, you don't <laughs> discuss. You're just like, no, here it is. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we're looking to deliver hopefully a pretty entertaining podcast because I think we can both pretty much talk about this game off the cuff. This isn't one of those where we have to look at who's the favorite and stuff. We, we know that off like the back of our hands. So... Well, I think it's interesting that, well, all right, so for any background, you know nothing to it, Alabama and LSU have played 83 total times. All right. Bama leads the series 53 <laughs> to 25. All right. Now you take over. <laughs> oh, you would. All right. I can say this. In uh, Both teams are undefeated going into this year. LSU ranked number two according to the college football playoff. Alabama was ranked number three, according to the College Football Playoff Committee. A um, little bit of controversy there. Um, not anything that we're really uh, going to get into. Not really. I mean, okay, I think we should start at first. Yeah, let's, the rankings. Let's warm up with the so, rankings. Yeah. It came out Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Bama 3, Penn State 4, which everyone's like, oh, my God, how do you not put Clemson in top five? Well, they're five. And I kind of agree. It doesn't really matter at this point. Like, I think everyone's at the point now they're like, hey, it doesn't matter because in a week – Two weeks, two of those teams aren't going to be in the top five. Yes. So or that's three weeks. That's a great way to lead in because I think, like me personally, I, when the when I saw the rankings, I was like, they put LSU at two. I mean, I was kind of like, well, have you looked at their schedule? And then, but then the realization came in, like, oh yeah, well, this weekend's happening. So if if LSU, if LSU win, wins this week, I think they'll jump to number one. I think I would think they would. I would say so. 
especially if it's a dominating performance. I think the main reason everyone just has Ohio State at one, which you can't disagree, is they've just dominated everybody. Yeah. Uh, there's a statistic in the college football matrix. I actually listened to the guy that operates that matrix uh, this, this week on the radio, and he said he was referencing a statistic that they call game control. Um, yeah. They, they manage how, how long you're in the lead, how far in the lead you are, uh, how many plays you run with your starting players. It, like it's a pretty in-depth, I mean, this matrix is super detailed. So it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good way to point out. Yeah. Ohio state's dominated games better than LSU has so far. Same time. I kind of thought they would take strength of schedule into a, a well, account a little but bit I further. I think you got to look at it too. Cause although LSU has won and had better wins against what we would say are better opponents, you could point to games too, like the Florida, you, you, I mean, you won by 14, but that was to the wire, ultimately. Which, nothing wrong with that. Florida's a top-10 team. It, they're top-10 in the coaches' poll. I would I would disagree. Florida okay. had a lead with, like, five minutes left in the third quarter, and then that was over. But I'm saying that's wire-to-wire. Wire. Five minutes left in the quarter? That's in the third quarter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, no. I mean, they well, went no, out. they were only up a touchdown going into, like, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Florida was only down by a touchdown. They right. throw a pick. So. Right. What I'm getting at is it was a close game. Now, that's not the one I'm actually inciting. It's earlier in the year when you let Vandy put up 38 points or whatever it was. Right. Which LSU since then has made some adjustments. And then I think, two people have questions because of Auburn. Mm-hmm. You look at Auburn, and if Auburn had any kind of offense, they could. you could argue they could have won that game. Right. I think they could, but I think – I mean, I'm still maybe I'm just stubborn, but I think Auburn's defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. To be honest with you, I think they're just oh, that without good. Without a doubt, because um, <clears throat> then you turn around. It's all about what. It's almost like your mind frame for football is two weeks. Right. So I remember Auburn and LSU playing. Mm-hmm. Like okay, like maybe Auburn's a little better than I thought. And then you watch Auburn play Ole Miss, and you're like, okay, like. Yeah, that was not very good. Yeah, what's going on? Like you're talking about. Almost the same score. I mean, it was 2014 against Ole Miss. Auburn wins, and then 23-20 LSU over Auburn. So you're like, okay, what's going on? Now, the main difference there, like you said, Alabama doesn't have the defense or the front seven that Auburn has. I don't think there's anybody that has the front seven. Now, you could argue Ohio State has um, – I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Young. Chase Young? Chase Young. Chase Young. Linebacker though he's not. No, he's a defensive see, end. Tim. Oh well, he may hybrid between them. You know they do that a lot. But my my thing is Auburn's front seven are the most complete unit as a group, especially in the middle where you run the ball. A lot of stuff happens in the middle. No, but getting back to my point, we're we're all victims of the moment. So in the moment you're going okay, well, you know LSU like they've looked good, they've looked dominant in games, and there's other games where you're scratching your head like okay, why are you letting you can hold Auburn to 20 points, but you let Vandy score 38, who is one of the most inept teams on offense in college. Now, I know there were some circumstantial things in that, but I'm just saying right. you become victim of the moment. Well, I think, but ultimately, moving away from my knee-jerk reaction to the the, cla- uh, the, blah, 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 the college playoff. football playoff committee's rankings, I was like, well, who really cares? I mean, this is, this is going to be affected by four more games, you know? So Well, I like that. And I know you're not a big fan, but I like that David Pollock, he made this point. He said this was a kind of a wake-up call to Clemson. Hey, you went out, you're in. But right now the committee's saying if you lose a game, you're mm-hmm. not getting in. Right. Like it, I, don't, I don't care. You're, you're out. It, I think that's true. I think Clemson – and Clemson's not going to. Clemson's going to collect wins all the way through the conference championship. That's just how it's going to be. 
The only game I see that they have left that is going to be a semblance of a game, I think it's going to be Wake Forest. And I that's mean, just how long is it going to be a game, right? I mean, what's it? at what point will Clemson just start beating them over the head with it? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know if beat them over the head, but I could see that game being two touchdowns. Two, I mean, three, yeah. I, I just I think Wake Forest is better than people give them credit. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be that good. I mean, I saw the over-under. I was like, eh, no. And then they yeah. kind of surprised everybody. But the, I thought the rankings were fair. I mean, you've got Penn State in there. There were some odd. that I, I thought were questionable. Like, I mean, I know Auburn's had a brutal schedule, but you look at their offense, are they really number 11? And you have Baylor, who's undefeated, which you could argue that's the respect they show for the Big 12, mm-hmm. putting them at undefeated at 12. But I don't know. I mean, I think Auburn's a good team. I don't think they're – I don't know. I, I say that, and I'm like, who would I put them ahead? And the only one I had a problem with was the one right behind them, Baylor. But then, the, again, they have Oklahoma. Not that Baylor looks amazing. I'm just – I don't know. I understand there's undefeated teams. Like, you know, we said this about UCF. Like, you're undefeated, but who have you played? Who has Baylor really played yet? They haven't played Oklahoma. They haven't played Texas. So we'll find out soon enough. But right. Um, it's setting up, too, for the Pac-12 because you got Oregon and Utah in there. Mm-hmm. If one of them loses, game over, man. Game over. Just a regular season game. They will face each other in the championship game, assumedly. Um, for me, I think going back to Auburn just real quick, the reason why they're ranked number 11 is because one team they lost to is the number two team in the country, and the other one is, like, fringe top 10. You know, So, I mean, their losses aren't bad if you look at them. You know, distinctly, they were both close losses. You know, it, it wasn't a beat down in either one. And Auburn probably, you know, they already beat Oregon, which is, you know, a top ten team. So no, I mean, I get it. I just okay. Actually, you know what? Strike the Auburn from the record. The one I have a problem with is Oklahoma State with three losses being in the top twenty-five. Yeah, they they got a lot of hype right now behind their running back. Yeah. Like he's getting Heisman talk uh, and he had a really good game this past weekend, like two hundred and thirty something yards and. Three touchdowns or something ridiculous. He's but not in the Heisman. The Heisman is Burrow, Tua, and you could argue um, Chase Young possibly, but realistically. I Justin mean, Fields. Yeah, but that's the thing is, you know, they talk about when you get two players from the same team, they'll still vote from each other. So, to mm-hmm. me, you got to put one forward, and if you don't put just Chase Young, I don't think he has a chance. Right. It's already hard enough for a defensive player. But, anyway, back to Tuscaloosa. Yes. Hey, we got the president coming too. That's exciting. Yeah, that's a that's a footnote. Uh, that ought to be a divisive topic. But uh, I think the biggest thing about this game is a lot of people. You know, the first thing that's important is this game's at two thirty Central Time. That's a big change from this rivalry for the past, let's see, eight years actually. Um, the last time this game was played in the afternoon was two thousand ten. LSU won that game. Fun fact. That was in T Town. Um, but just odd stat for you. After that, they played at 6.30 every time. You want to know the worst stat? This is 100% factually true. We have to listen to Gary Danielson for like four hours. Dude, and that's, you know, I, I, I if I wasn't watching it with y'all, I would cut off the sound and listen to LSU Sports Radio call it instead because Gary is, is awful. I think we talked about him on the program before, but just really ruins a game. You know, he talks so much. It's just babbling constantly. It's like, and and also nobody could could do as good a job as Gary Danielson would have in this scenario, you know. 
it so, makes me miss Vern, and I never thought I would say that. I know. Well, at least Vern was kind of like that old, nostalgic, like, uncle, crazy uncle well, you had. And, like, know? when he got excited, like, you got excited. Like, yeah. he was like, oh, look at that. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, that's not that big of a play, but hey. <laughs> like, and, and that's the thing. If you go back and watch the Iron Bowl, I know you don't go back and watch this unless you're forced to, but the kick six. There's this phenomenal play going on, and Gary and, and Vern are calling it, and they're both quiet as a mouse. Like, there's no screaming. There's no yay. Like, there's nothing. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. There's none of that. It's just like Gary's like, he waits like three minutes, and then he's like, can you believe this? And it's like, Gary, God, yes, I just watched it. Like, <laughs> I mean. No, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't know. I don't. I kind of like the day games. I don't know. I'm not a huge night game person, but then again, Bama doesn't usually play a lot of night games. So I think from my perspective, it's good in two accounts. Number one, I don't have to wait all day and be nervous and, and, and wait for kickoff, right? It's yeah, coming my day can be ruined or great after 5 o'clock. Exactly. And <laughs> s- well, more like 6.30 with CBS, admit it. Um, but, and then secondarily, like, admittedly, these stadiums are not as loud during the day as they are at night. Yeah. So, being an LSU fan, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, people aren't as hammered at 2.30 as they are at 6.30 on game day. So. Now, I was listening to a thing this week that said they think that playing in Tuscaloosa actually benefits LSU, not to have their home crowd there. And I don't think I'd necessarily agree with that. Statistically, LSU... I know statistically they're going off that when Bama goes there, they, like, thrive off of hearing the crowd mm-hmm. or silencing them. If you look at the percentage of wins, LSU's win percentage is higher in Bama than it is at LSU. So it's weird, and this series is weird. I mean, we can go back to 2011. I think the most relevant point in this series, the last time it was really a 1v2 matchup, and um, it was a very close game. I mean, that was a hell of a football game, game of the century, as it was referred to. Where did you watch that game? Which one? The game of the century. Mm, making me think. 2011, 9-6. No, I'm trying to remember if I watched it at the fraternity house or if I watched it at Butch's house. I don't remember. Well, I watched it at uh, a You know, a game you lose, you don't really remember where you're at so much. So <laughs> Not in college, you don't. <laughs> no, no. No, I uh, I watched that at a, uh, a huge Alabama fan's apartment. It was a big... Uh, Bama LSU party for the game, and I was the only LSU fan there. <laughs> and there were like 20 Alabama fans. A little rough. Well, that's um, like that bachelor party you went to when Bama played Georgia. And uh, yeah. it was all Georgia fans, and Bama won, and you're just sitting there awkwardly like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, well, at least they played well, you know. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, uh, that game was amazing. I mean, just every play was so tense, and, like, this this is the moment where the game gets well, broken. Up. that's what's funny is because, you know, this is Game of the Century Part 2, but it's for the exact opposite. That was, like you discussed earlier, that was, you know, how are you going to score, like, right. at all? <laughs> and this game is who can actually stop them from scoring. Right. So I know uh, I've been listening to a bunch of different podcasts on ESPN and everything else, and the main discussion I've seen is everyone's going, oh, it's definitely going to be over. But then I listen to other ones, like two or three, and they're like, nah, I think this is going to be under, which I'm kind of torn. I could see it being first to 30 wins, like no, honestly. Over under 63, right? Or yeah. somewhere right in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I'm, I'm leaning under because I feel like there are going to be turnovers. I feel like there are going to be... 
The defenses will tighten up, I think. I really do. With a week well, off. The thing I think that a lot of people are overlooking, I think both these teams do want to establish the run. Right. Because both teams want to keep the opponent's quarterback off the field. And you're not doing your defense any favors by scoring in two minutes. Absolutely. We've seen in a few games this year where teams score fast and they kind of screw themselves. I mean, a perfect example is Washington Washington State scoring with a minute left. And you're like, oh, this game's over. Nope, there goes Oregon trotting down the field and boom, it's over. So, you know, I can see it being one of those games. Whoever has the ball last could win. Yeah, absolutely. That's what scares me because I remember twenty four or 2012. Oh, that was a good year. <laughs> that was brutal. That was the year I walked out of your house, wasn't it? Yeah, Dad said you can come watch the game anytime you want. <laughs> no, I walked out of your house in 14. That was when the Yeldon screen that is the one yeah, that you the, walked out of the house. No, it was 14. It was overtime. LSU and Alabama, they're playing in Baton Rouge, and they went to overtime. Anthony Jennings threw a, the last fourth and whatever through the back of the end zone. I just walked out and left my jacket on the couch. <laughs> Very frustrating experience. Um but there have been quite a few, you know, really, really awesome games. Even the 2016 game, 10 to nothing in Baton Rouge, that was another tense, like, knockout, drag out, like, how will LSU perform without Miles? And, you know, how is Jalen Hurts going to perform in Baton Rouge? Because he was the new fresh thing back then. I mean, this game has a lot of ups and downs, a lot of fun. Great series. Yeah. I mean, I like the series right now. I hope to keep it going this way. Yeah, so I guess we should bring that up. Uh, Bama's won the last eight in a row since the uh, 2011 National Championship game, which actually occurred in January of 2012. Um, Correct. LSU beat Alabama in the regular season that year in the game of the century, and then Alabama got into the National Championship and beat LSU 21 to nothing following that game, starting an eight-game losing streak against the Tide for LSU. Right. So the question is, if you had to pick a key to the game for Alabama, what would your key to the game be? Discipline on defense. I think the RPO that LSU has established, I think that's the problem right now is Alabama has two essentially, I don't necessarily call them green anymore. We're too far in the season. Mm -hmm. But these young linebackers and Christian Harris and Shane Lee, they when they can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, extremely effective. Mm-hmm. When they actually have to get out and cover. Now, interesting fact: Christian Harris actually played DB and wide receiver. I think it was wide receiver in high school. Mm-hmm. So um, I watched his recruitment. Yeah, because he, he was between he LSU was and Alabama. From Louisiana, that's weird. I don't know yeah. why he went there. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, I think it's going to be seeing these young guys being able to recognize. I think LSU's going to try and do a lot with the RPO to confuse them, Absolutely. keep them on their toes. Um, and not just that, I think you got to see Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis on the outside have a lot of pressure on Burroughs early. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Terrell Lewis, the Arkansas game, is you're starting to see when he's healthy, the dude's a monster. Right. And um, I would love if Raekwon would get his name called at least once in the game that's not a penalty. So mm-hmm. if Raekwon could actually do something, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So um, I'd say defensive-wise for Bama, it's how are the young linebackers going to fare against, uh, you know, LSU's offense? What are they going to do to try to confuse them? Because I think you're going to see LSU do a lot of what Arkansas did, which is a lot of stuff on the outside of the field, mm-hmm. get those linebackers confused when they're already committed upfield, and boom, you're in trouble. Right. But um, I think the challenge for both teams is going to be how do you cover these wide receivers? Mm-hmm. and you're talking about possibly the two best wide receiving units in the country. So that's going to be a constant back and forth as well, yep. which I know Delpit's coming back mm-hmm. this game. So, Well, and that's that actually leads to my defensive key of the game for LSU. If LSU's going to win this game, their safeties have to play lights out. 
the corners will play well, but they're only going to be able to play so well against these wide receivers for Bama. So your extra guys in coverage, the safeties particularly, are going to have to make some big plays. Well, and that, that's what I get. See, we're kind of the opposite. Like, I'm, I'm not as worried about the safeties and corners. They've done fine this year. Like, they've looked they've been serviceable for Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say they blew me out of the water, but they're coming into their own. Whereas the linebackers, they're getting there, but they're just young. I think in a year, I mean, I think next year, Christian Harris is going to be a monster. Right. I think he just, he's learning. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. He's just young. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I think for LSU, it's like you said, it's what's the secondary going to do? Because, I mean, it, you don't have as notable edge rushers at LSU like you've had in the years past. And that's the thing, like you said, with LSU, it's going to be what do you do with these receivers? Because, you know, even if for some reason, too, you know, we're expecting him to play, but say he gets banged up the first series, Mac Jones gets the ball out quick, too. I mean, he's right. not going to sit back there for 10 seconds. Absolutely. I think, and that's a good point, um, which also references some news we got this week. LSU lost starting linebacker uh, Michael Divinity, who was – Integral insofar as LSU has one edge rusher. His name's Calevon Chason. But everybody knows him, so he generally gets bottled up pretty well with double teams and putting a running back on him. And now that you lose... Divinity's the other guy that feasts because Chason is being blocked so well. And so you're going to have to have either uh, Andre Anthony, who's a junior, Ray Thornton, who's a junior, or uh, a true freshman, Marcel Brooks, who is an athletic freak but not very polished, rushing the passer, and two is mobile enough, you know? Well, not only that, I mean, I think you're overlooking it. It's not the best offensive line you've seen at Bama, but as far as pass rush, they're fine. I oh, mean, yeah. it's really the the rushing offense that is struggled. I mean, getting out there and moving, you know, dragging out for blocks, that's where Alabama struggled for right. the run. It hasn't been on the pass. I mean, I think the only – there's. I mean, well, I say that. The best team in the country as far as giving up sacks is Georgia, their offensive line has been a plus yeah Yeah. um for me um offensive the the offensive key to the game would be um being able to to run the ball like we discussed Clyde Edwards Hilaire is good and I think they're gonna have to figure out multiple different ways to get him the ball so maybe not he ain't gonna run it up the middle against Alabama LSU hasn't done that in 10 years um they probably could this year but I think realistically it's gonna be a lot of little slips where he slips out into space and Burrow well, dumps it off to him. The thing you know, though, is Bama's not one of those teams, if you start running those, they're going to start pushing you on the line. They're not going to let you just get those five-yard slants every time. They're going to start pushing up on you on the line, and they're going to say, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. We'll take you taking your chances downfield. We trust our guys on the back end. You want to keep doing these quick slants, but that lines up for what else you want to do because then you have your linebackers starting to pin their ears back, and then you might have a man run loose, tied in, spread out, whatever. But – at the same time, I think when you do that, you're playing a dangerous game because yeah. you could do that to try and set it up and... You hey, get picked off and ran the other way. Exactly. Seen it, seen it, Bama do it quite a few times. Exactly. And, and well, not only that, I mean, you saw that with Arkansas a couple of times the past few weeks. Now, I'm not saying LSU's Arkansas. They're completely different teams, but, you know, Arkansas would get momentum and then they would try and get cute. And Bama was like, okay, thanks. I'll take that for a touchdown. Sure. I mean... I don't know. I, I think, <clears throat> I think what we're going to see is is who's going to be the most disciplined mm-hmm. um, as far as quarterback. Who's going to try and force something, and who's going to let the game progress? Because I mean, 
That was the only thing. The only time the whole year that I saw Tua do something, I was just like, dude, what are you doing? It's that game against Tennessee right before he got hurt. I mean, it's first on, it's first and goal on like the five-yard line. He, he forces it in a double coverage. Right. And he hadn't done that all year. He's been, you know, laid back, whatever, but he got a little greedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is who's going to be greedy? Who's going to actually just say, hey, I'm going to follow the game plan. Mm-hmm. I trust my coordinators. Let's do this. Believe it or not, I think it. I think both of them are going to be. I think it's going to be a masterful performance from both quarterbacks. They're both top of their game right now, and I know a lot of people aren't as high on Joe Burrow as Tua, and that's fine. Tua's a really, really good quarterback, but Burrow's been as good this year. I mean, I would say, you know, I mean, he's got as many yards. Well, on that note, like I said, I think the thing you've seen this year is I mentioned one time that Tua forced it down the field. You could mm-hmm. argue that the only reason people might not feel that way about Burroughs is Burroughs at the beginning of the year was starting to force it a little too much. Right. Had a little, now he's cleaned it up since then, Mm -hmm. but um, those were also games that weren't as important. Now say Alabama jumps out ahead, 10, nothing. You say, all right, we got to get some momentum going, force it. You know, you could just have a huge swing early on and Mm -hmm. not to say two wouldn't do the same thing because I don't know. It's, it's a tough game to call, man. I mean, honestly, like, this is the closest it's been in years. I like the fact that Alabama's final. Like, Saban doesn't have to hype him up for you're the underdog. Like, it's saying, like, it. I mean, I know the points are saying Bama six, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they're basically saying, I mean, Saban go in, hey, you beat LSU the past eight years. They don't respect you. People are saying, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that line drops even a little more before the game starts. I think so. And I think he's going to say that's no one thinks you can do it. They don't respect you. They're saying that they're going to come into your house and they're going to beat you. You know, everyone's playing that Odron, we coming. Like, mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, all right, defend your house. I mean. Yep. And I think flip side, LSU doesn't need any motivation. They've lost home eight years in a row. I mean. Well, here's the interesting thing, which, you know, this isn't, I'm not saying Bama wins, but I think something you have to, in every LSU's, I think in the back of your head, you're saying if we don't beat them this year, when will it end? Right. And you can't just be honest. Like, is that gnawing at the back of your head? Like, if we don't beat them this year, somewhat. I mean, I think I have, I have, I'm high on this new offense thing, so it's not wearing off at the time. But if Burrow leaves and Miles Brennan doesn't fill in as well, then yeah, then I'll start asking that. I mean, I'm just saying because you got Tua. It's not going to be a hundred percent now. I think he's well at ninety, if not a little better. But I think he's going to be getting, fine probably one of the youngest defenses you're going to get for Alabama that is snake bit at linebacker very mm-hmm. green um, secondary isn't as good as it's been in the past and the front seven as a whole is not you know what it's been mm-hmm. and you've got this high powered offense so I think if you if I don't think it's going to be a blowout but if somehow Bama blew them out I think the psyche of LSU the psyche of Odron like I think that could get snapped it could um, I think the biggest key to combating that is for Ordron to come out with an aggressive game plan. Like you can't play Bama conservatively. You just can't. You, sometimes you got to blitz. Sometimes you got to go for that bomb downfield just to back them off of you a little bit. And I th- honestly think if Ordron plays this game the way he did in 16, yeah, LSU's going to lose and the streak's going to be nine and, you know, Bama won't feel too bad about cruising through the, you know, into the playoff. But I think if they come out aggressively, have Joe Burrow done, you know, do what he's done all year, then they have a significant chance. I mean, it's virtually a coin flip, if, you know, at least to most people. Um, I'm not going to say that Bama doesn't have an advantage. They've got a few. But I think LSU this year is the, the closest they've been um, 
in a long, long time. So it's going to be a blast to watch. You're definitely going to see a lot of future NFL talent in this game. Uh, yeah, I was listening to something today. I mean, you're talking about out of the receiving cores, there's probably at least six, if not seven, mm-hmm. that are going to play on Sundays. Secondary-wise, there's probably at least three or four that are going to play on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between the defensive lines and the linebackers, you probably got a handful, two mm-hmm. or three. I mean, yep. and then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, both quarterbacks are going to be going to yep. get drafted. Um, First round, it's looking like. Running backs, they're both going to get drafted. I mean. Clyde might not. Clyde's small, but I think he's. I don't think he may get drafted as a running back, but I think he'll get drafted. Maybe. Um, I like his skill set. I think that's that's why he's been utilized so much. People actually say without the speed, he's a lot like Alvin Kamara in how Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you could argue that Kamara wasn't, was too small to be a running back in the NFL. It's scheme. Right. Now, I don't know if you've seen Clyde. He's got a pretty slick, uh, <laughs> slick little dead leg move that he'll put on people. <laughs> Just puts them to sleep. It's a weekly thing. Um, uh, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know earlier when we were talking about this game, talking about the podcast leading up, you were saying in a coin flip game, you always default to coaching. So where do you think Bama's advantage comes in there? I, just, I guess at the end of the day, I trust Saban more than I do Odron. And it's sure. for the same fact that historically, Odron does fine until he gets against Keat. Now, he got he got one of them off his back this year with Auburn, but mm-hmm. he about let it slip away, like you said. And the yep. thing that I always see is, once, if and once he gets the lead, he bottles up. He slows it down. And he goes, okay, shit, let's just not make any mistakes. Right. And I think that intensity goes to all the players. And it's like, guys, we can't mess up. We can't mess up. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think all the players under saving are like, oh, coach knows what we're doing. Like, right. You know, he's got a scheme. You know, they'll make halftime adjustments. And that's the thing. You know, if it's a close game going at half, mm-hmm. if LSU's doing something good, I trust that Saban's going to make adjustments. Right. Pending barring injuries mm-hmm. he's going to make adjustments and i mean i know there's sometimes there's stuff he can't do but um i think you might see some kind of unique blitzes from alabama i mean mm-hmm. they run a lot of nickel i think they're going to try and surprise where the pressure is coming from i think they're going to try and pick on 74 a good bit from lsu <laughs> i would <laughs> um that's the right tackle right yep austin Deculus. not particularly so, good um i think they're going to pick on him um I think they're going to try and confuse Burrow. Now, I don't think that's going to be an easy process. He's a veteran. He's been around a while. But, I mean, Bama runs a lot of nickel now. Right. So, um, you're going to have a lot of man-to-man. And I think if you can get a turnover early for Bama, I think I think that can start to get in Burrow's head a little bit, especially if Bama starts to pull away. I, I just – the one thing I told you is, like, we've seen two of this year. He's had, like, you know, I know he got hurt against Tennessee, but – we haven't seen Burrow necessarily have a bad game. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I'm not predicting or saying he will. Right. But it seems like every year with college quarterbacks, they're going to have an off night. Right. And either their team carries them or they lose. Mm-hmm. And I, this atmosphere, I just – I don't know. Back to the coaching. I know I'm saying I don't know a lot. Because, well, I mean, we honestly, know. we're looking at this game and, uh, you know – like you said, this is the closest it's been in a while. Yeah, or at um, least on paper. Yeah, I I have a hard time to believe it would be a blowout either way. Right. I mean, I think, because one, I think these programs also have a huge amount of respect for each other, so no one's going to run up the score even if they get the chance. Right. They're not going to do it. Um, but at the same time, back to the coaching, like I said, I just, I feel like 
every time Odron gets in these big games, he tries to do something that's... And Kirby fell victim to this, too. Mm-hmm. You try and get away from what you've been doing all year, and you start trying to do something crazy. But with Odron, I think it's actually the opposite. Instead of doing something completely different than you've done all year, he technically still is, but really what he's doing, he's getting super conservative. He's just uptight, but... Right. I'm sure you don't feel that way, but that's what I see from him. When he gets in a tense game situation, he doesn't know what to do. He just gets super conservative. I've seen it. I've seen. I saw it against Auburn. Right. LSU decided to run the ball with like 10 minutes left, and I'm like, we cannot. We can't just ice this much time off the game. No. But, but Saban also does that too. Alternatively, in the Texas game, LSU still threw the ball. Right. Yeah, but he may, in the back of his head, he go. He may go. Well, if I may, if I would have tried to run the ball. Texas may not have had a chance to go in and score with that much time left because, yeah, LSU scored, but then Texas turned around and marched right down the field and scored, and if they recover the onside kick, they're only a touchdown down. Now, it's easy for me to say this because I don't know how he thinks. Right. I could understand someone being neurotic and eating at their head, well, we got in this situation, I don't want to do that again, and mm-hmm. now you got both situations, you're going, well, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Well, they're also professionals, so they're looking at everything that's going on in this game, and they're determining on the spot whether they can ice the game or not, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Ordron says, no, I can't run the ball because we have to score points to keep up with Bama's offense. My defense isn't keeping up. You know, and that's what we'll see as the game progresses is how do they handle each and every aspect of the game as it progresses. Well, I think, like I said, with LSU losing that linebacker, you're going to see Bama trying to run the ball a lot more right up the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a lot of quick slants across the middle of the field. Yep. And they're going to target them. And I think you're going to see LSU do the same thing with those young, young linebackers with RPO. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, short to mid-range throws. Um, I hate them, but Bama's going to continue to run those bubble screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you got a dude like Jalen Waddle who can just haul ass. Yep. I don't blame him. Because if he busts loose, he's getting at least 10 yards, if not going to the oh, house. Yeah. I mean, tackling will be imperative in this game for both teams. Um, but I, think I guess that's where we got to go next is probably special teams. Yes, uh, because that's actually kind of a murky situation for both teams right now, I think. Yeah, well, it depends on what you're saying. As far as punting and punting, the actual philosophy of kicking the ball, Yeah, it's been sporadic. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine with our punter. Um, he's older than you and I. But uh, the punt returner for Alabama in Waddle, mm-hmm. I am not worried about him. Yeah, I'm, and honestly, I'm not worried about Stingley. Um, but he did have a drop against Auburn that was actually not a drop. His knee was down. But, hey, whatever. Um, I'm not worried about him. I, I think he had his, he got his freshman mistake out of the way, and I th- honestly think he's going to be fine. I think both returners are electrifying when they get the ball. I think what it's going to come down to is what you and I are most worried about is field goal kicking. Don't even get me started. It's a consistent issue, not just for Alabama this now, year. Now, both of us, he's done better. Right. And I mean, you don't know if Reichard's going to be available. He could possibly be. Uh, kickers, I ride the hot hand. Uh, Reichert's tweaked that injury twice this year. Mm-hmm. Why risk it? If Bulovas is doing well. Now, Bulovas goes in and he shanks two field goals, and Reichert says, hey, coach, I can go in. Like, I'm good. And the doctor says, hey, he's fine. Like, mm-hmm. he's cleared. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, LSU – Cade York has missed a few kicks this year uh, in key situations. LSU drives down on first position against Florida, and he misses the field goal. Um, this environment's going to be the most hostile environment the kids played in so far. You know, I mean, LSU didn't have to go to the Swamp this year and play. They didn't have to go to 
Auburn and play. They had to go to state, but that's just a bunch of cowbells. Well, and I think that's one thing that has been overlooked in this game is LSU has not been in an environment like Tuscaloosa all mm-hmm. year. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is something, like I said earlier, I mean, you talk about their road games. They haven't been difficult ones, but... Texas was, I guess, difficult. Well, no, okay, sorry. Texas yeah. aside, um, I'm going... But you're also talking about a Texas team with three losses. I'm not saying they're not good, but I'm saying... It was... I don't want to knick-knack about wins, but Texas was different before they got all these injuries. That's true, so, but you can make the argument if Alabama didn't have all their linebackers get hurt at the beginning of the year, people might not be saying this game was going to be that close. I agree. I'm just saying, when LSU played Texas, they were a better Texas. They were healthy. They were healthy. I will give you that. Now, they did get hurt in that game, so you right. can make the argument maybe if they didn't get hurt that game, who knows what happens. LSU but, had four or five defensive players get hurt in that game. But back to my original point, the only other quote-unquote hostile environment besides Texas you could say it was Vandy, and they let Vandy score 38 points. So how yeah. do they handle with the right of momentum? If the stadium turns against them, it's they're not quiet. Home field advantage is a thing. And, and this game oddly defies that, but I, I honestly believe that it will be a factor in this game. Burrow's going to have a hard time communicating play calls to the linemen and everything. So everybody's going to have to be on the same page. Especially if that defense has success early. They're going to be loud. There's going to be some panic up front, and Burrow's going to have to be in charge of reining those guys in against a pretty raucous crowd. One thing I did want to mention, and it's a sore spot for you, but it's something that comes up a lot, and I was looking at it today, had some funny uh, things worth pointing out. Strength of schedule, okay? And I'm not saying this just to talk crap, but it kind of does make LSU look like, oh, okay, they at least played some tough games. Bama really hasn't so far. Um, so, you know, contribute here. What was Bama's best win this year? Hmm. I know according to the committee, it's Texas A&M who has four losses. That's correct. So, um, I know if you're looking at, you know, as far as the team's record, their next best win is Southern Miss. That's correct. So, um, but at the same time, it's kind of like the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You do the eye test, and it's like, out of all those games, was any of them really close? You could say the closest game they got initially was Tennessee, who, yeah. frankly, in the past couple of weeks have kind of come into their own. They have, and honestly, though, that game wasn't close. I think people were just panicking because Tua wasn't in the game. You know what I mean? Well, and not only – yeah, it's like I told you, I think they were more worried about what was going on with Tua than what was going on in the field because in the back of their head they're like, yeah, it's Tennessee, piss I mean, off. they still beat them by 22 points. Oh, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying Tennessee has progressed more and more each week, whereas – you know, a team like Ole Miss. Well, and not only that, it's like I told you earlier. Like Ole Miss, the only reason they, I believe they scored as much as they did is because they got brought in a new quarterback who just at Bama was like, oh, crap, he can run. Right. And, you, you know, you didn't have anything. And that's kind of like I told you this week. The one thing I think, even though these guys, uh, you have a lot of young guys on the defense, they've seen a lot because you had Duke come out with a triple option. You got a mobile quarterback in Ole Miss, which you're not going to see this week against Burrow. Now, he can run if you give him a chance. Yep. Um, but he's not going to gouge you as bad. I'm going to say this, and it's going to bite me. But he's not going to gouge you as bad as Ole Miss would with that. Yeah, no, he's not quick. Um, the good, I think, you know, to speak to his running ability, Burrow's just, he knows when to run. It's not necessarily that he can run He's very not quickly. looking to run. Exactly. It's, if the opportunity presents itself, everything's covered downfield, he's going to run. If he's like, okay, a drop back But that's like I said, if Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis are getting pressure on the outside, that cuts that off. I will say this. The key for Alabama is to not knock the shit out of Joe Burrow. 
<laughs> if you knock the shit out of Joe Burrow, bad things happen. It was proven in the UCF game. It was proven in the Auburn game. He gets light, lit up, and he's like, okay. And it's like he, like he walks back here, and he locks the door. <laughs> he's like, all right, brother. You know? And uh, okay. I don't know if I agree with that, because you could say that Auburn lit his ass up, and they about came back and won. So. Well, they lit him up, but he immediately after that let him all the way down the field for a touchdown. Uh, I know, but I think that's not necessarily just Burrow. I think the team aligns by a quarterback because it was the same way with Coker when he mm-hmm. was at Alabama because that dude was not afraid to run somebody over. He, I, I'm trying to remember who they played. I think it was Ole Miss because he mm-hmm. got hit, and then the next play he just truck-sticked a linebacker and got the first down, and you saw the whole team was like, oh, shit, this is our guy. Yeah, that was like, a big boy. This is our man. Like, um, So, I mean, I think as far as strength of schedule goes, there's not a whole lot to say. Um, I just think if you look at Bama's wins, they are a little less convincing, not necessarily in, in he, how they won. But, see, you can play this game all day long, and this is what we are. You finish your thought, and I'll go. I apologize. Well, I was just saying, like, look at it like this. Like, Bama's played. No, no, no. You finish with LSU's wins, and I'm going to pick apart your argument. Okay, fine. <clears throat> no, you won't. Yes, I will. Now. <laughs> I will. LSU opens with Georgia Southern. Not much of a game. Number nine, Texas. Okay. At the time, Texas was not injured. Ellinger was playing fine, and Tom Herman hadn't completely forgot how to coach a football team. Northwestern State, I will give you, is horrible. After that, you play Conference Vanderbilt, who is also horrible. Um, I, I see one good win so far. Utah State? Still waiting for the good win. They're better than Southern Miss. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they are not. Yes, they are. No, they are they're not. They're playing for their division title, sir. Southern Miss will beat them. Southern Continue. Miss is 5-3. and three. We'll agree to disagree. Continue. Florida? Yeah, I'll give you that one. Mississippi State. Okay. Auburn. So I hear three good wins. Okay. Bring me to Alabama's schedule. Okay. I'm not arguing the schedule, but <laughs> let me let me say this, okay? Yes. So say uh, hypothetically Alabama wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the time LSU plays A&M. Yep. A&M probably will get another loss. Okay. So. Absolutely. They both play A&M. They both win. A&M has five, maybe six losses. Yeah. Okay. Which we, which we knew because of A&M's strength of schedule could happen this year. I know you're saying health, but like I said, for you could say the same thing for every team. Everybody has injuries, all right? Tua got injured, okay? Mm-hmm. So Texas could end up with four or five losses. Yep. That's reasonable, okay? Okay. Auburn could lose to Bama and Georgia and be a four-loss team. Yep. So all you have left remaining on that schedule for LSU to beat your chest on is Florida, who has two losses, yeah. one being LSU. One is to Georgia, and who's to say they don't drop another before the year's over? So uh, my point being, if you're going to sit here and say, well, Bama hasn't played anyone, well, the season also hasn't finished. So you beat LSU, you beat Auburn, people are still going to pick apart Bama's schedule and say, well, the only one you played is LSU. Hmm. Well, and Auburn. I mean, not if not if Auburn gets beat by Georgia and then Bama beats them handily, they're going to go, well, Auburn just wasn't that good. Yeah, but to me, the only reason I bring this up is because if, if you if you look at Bama's schedule, it's it's significantly weaker. I mean, Arkansas, which is atrocious, LSU will get their shot at them. Well, but a lot of that stuff they can't help either. Oh, no. I'm not saying they can help it. Not by any means. All I'm saying is when we get to the stati- statistics side, which is coming up shortly, we're seeing that LSU and Alabama are like right here. They're so close to each other statistically. But uh, but LSU's played ba- better teams, you know. I'm not saying to that, be that determined. I'm not saying that's going to equate to a win. All I'm saying is it's there and it's worth pointing out. New Mexico State would not take them over Utah State. No, but Northwestern State or whatever. Yeah, no, I told you that one was terrible. I know, but I'm just saying if 
we're just picking to pick. Southern Miss? I don't think Southern Miss is a bad <laughs> team. I'm not saying they're an SEC team, but it's not like they played. No, it's fine. I'm not asking you. Georgia to, Southern in loss. I'm suck not, at Tennessee. I'm not asking you to admit that Bama's schedule is terrible because there's nothing that either team can do. I will about. concede that to this point of the season, yes, LSU has played tougher opponents. Mm-hmm. But what I'm also saying is, is that at the end of the season, we may turn around and say, okay, LSU's best win was over a four or five loss Texas and a four, possibly four loss Auburn and a two loss, if not three loss Florida. Right. That's my only sure. point of contention. So, I mean, just worth pointing out. But when you look at these teams statistically, which I have pulled up, do you have it pulled up? I'll, I'll at least tell you. These are this is so close, and that's what I love. When looking at a game upcoming, looking at what the teams do on offense and defense statistically is a lot of fun. So, um, team stats, points per game, Alabama, 48.6, LSU, 46.8. <laughs> Um, points allowed per game, Alabama 15.3, LSU 20. So big difference there. But total yards, LSU. That fits into your argument about opponents played, but you also know that Florida and Auburn are not offensive juggernauts. The only offensive juggernaut you played all year has been Texas. Neither is Vandy, and Vandy put up some of the most points. Well, that's what I'm saying. The most offensive juggernaut team you played was the closest game LSU had all year. Right. Uh, Total yards, uh, LSU 535.9, Alabama 506.6, 30 yards less. But at the same time, Alabama calls off the dogs a lot sooner than LSU has, which that's also, like you said, that depends on who the opponents you've been playing and what the games have been, whereas Tua's been out of a lot of these games. I bring these numbers up not to show that one's better than the other, but to indicate how close they are because when you're averaging over 500 yards a game, you're killing people on offense, okay? So if there's yeah. a 30-yard difference, who cares, you know? Well, um, and you could also equate that 30-yard difference to two of going out in the Tennessee game. You could. And, I mean, that's a very valid argument there. Yards passing, LSU 377.6, Bama 338.6. But then rushing yards, Alabama 168, LSU 158. And then, of course, yards allowed, Bama allows 307 a game, and LSU allows 315 a game. I really hate seeing that, though. Are they not statistically nearly identical? No, I get that, but I miss the old, the old days. I sound like an old guy, but the old days <laughs> are like, you know, allowing like, you know, less than 200 yards a game. Or, oh, yeah. No. It, well, I mean, 2011 National Championship. LSU didn't cross the 50-yard line until the fourth quarter. I mean, it happens, you know, and, and defenses are – I think defenses will have a renaissance just like offenses have. I think at some point they're going to figure out how to cover this spread and offenses will move to something else. Maybe the wing tee. Who knows? Well, there's a reason that you don't see every team in the NFL going to spread. Right. There's a reason. Absolutely. you got to have the right playmakers in the right spot to run a spread. And I think both these teams have it. But And that's the only reason I bring up the, these statistics is these teams are very close and have a ton of playmakers. I think LSU's coaching is catching up. Not necessarily with Ordron, but I think and I love Ordron to death, but I think the assistants are I think are he realized, him. a lot of people realize the reason Saban has been so successful is even though he does a lot of things well, he knows his weaknesses, and mm-hmm. he tries to surround himself with people who their strength is his weakness. Right. I think you you see him bring in offensive minds like Lane Kiffin and Sarkeesian and, uh, and uh, Mike Loxley. Right. Uh, just to show, like, hey, I don't get this side of the ball as much, but you do. And I know I have to change, and I have to adapt. And Odron's done the same thing. He's saying, okay. 
And I think that's what you got to do. I think a lot of teams don't realize they want to be the top team in the country, but they don't realize what goes with that. Mm Because you have a head coach that has a plan. They say, this is what we're doing. It's going to work. And then when it doesn't work, it's, I'm firing everybody because you couldn't (laughs) do what I wanted to do. Exactly. You couldn't run the wing tee and score 50 points a game. What the hell? No, I think, but I think to that point, both now I can say this because Ordron's done it. Both teams have adapted well to this offensive renaissance we've seen in college football. No, that's true. You could take Joe Burrow last year, fairly average quarterback, and this year he's right there in the Heisman talk. I mean, that's not that's not just everyday occurrences. That's a system-wide change that made him excel in a system brought on by Joe Brady, who was probably the best hire Ordron's made in his tenure. So. He won't be there after this year. I disagree. He won't be. I think they're going to put him in a co-offensive coordinator position. Someone's going to throw money at that dude. I think he'd be crazy to. Oh, I'd be crazy to take a head coaching job and make $5 million a year even in a non-Power 5. What an idiot I am. Yeah, but let's let's look at the sample size. Eight games. I've seen people get hired for less. <laughs> Willie Taggart. Uh, <laughs> uh, which, that was some news that broke this week. Willie Taggart fired from FSU. I think we all saw this coming. We mentioned it preseason. He didn't do anything at Oregon. No, and Oregon, get this. Oregon is like on cloud nine right now because they got a paycheck from Florida State to not have that guy coaching for them anymore. And they got Mario Cristobal out of it. Who has one loss, and it was to Auburn. How can you complain about this situation? If you're if you're Oregon, like, you're just on top of cloud nine. Well, look, I mean, you if you're Oregon, you're going, look, yeah, you know, we're losing Justin Herbert after this year. But in my head, I'm going, hey, if we end up with only losing one, maybe two games, like, we didn't think we were going to do that well. They may sit there and beat their chest. Oh, no, we knew it. But, like, no, you're going, okay. Well, let's let's revisit. I just want to to wrap up the game this weekend, uh, preview wise. Give me your final score. Hmm. I'm against thirty five twenty eight Bama. I like that. I'm going thirty four thirty one LSU. And that's what I'm about to see. I mean, yeah. And I, t- I say, over look, everyone who wants to sit here, there's a reason Vegas makes the money they do. Mm-hmm. I think this game will be a touchdown difference. Mm-hmm. I could see it being a field goal difference, but I could see it being a touchdown. I hope it's not a field goal because if Bama has to make a field goal, Jesus Christ. We're right there. <laughs> We're right there with you, buddy. So, it's been rough. Uh, no, I think I think I think the under is going to be in play. I don't. I just don't see a shootout. I mean, I know everyone's like, "Oh, these defenses just can't do it." And I'm like, "Look, you don't realize like, are they the team? The defenses from the past? No, but they will adjust." What I'm seeing is. Two offenses that are very capable of scoring four touchdowns on these defenses and then fill it out with field But the thing is, is what people don't realize, I think both coaches go into this game saying we do not want to score quick. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you could jump up 14-0, beat your chest, and then that's always been my biggest downfall. Tim, I'm sorry, but Auburn. Auburn is like, hey, yeah, we're going to run fast. We're going to go fast. We're going to throw, throw, throw. You start getting a couple quick turnovers and the whole – momentum of the game shifts and i think both coaches know that hey we need to have it controlled we need to dominate the game and i'm telling you i don't think people realize how much time how many times the ball will be run this game well yes i agree but simultaneously to the to the auburn point you haven't seen them do it this year and the offense has looked worse than it ever has i think it relies on the defense when you run a high school offense in a college level i agree I, I know that what you just said is, is was intended to be inflammatory, but I agree. I mean, no, it was not inflammatory. That's a that's a stat. If 
Gus cannot catch a defense off guard. He cannot beat a defense. If he doesn't have Cam Newton at quarterback, he can't beat a defense. And that's all it is. I, know, I'm not talking crap right. about it. It's based Auburn. around quarterback play, but, you know, this isn't the beat Auburn, you know, beat right. up on Auburn because Bama hadn't even played him yet. And, hey, season's not over. It's so. in Auburn. Yeah. Oh. Mm, spooky. Um, well, let's get past this week. <laughs> yeah, this week is a big deal. We also have Minnesota-Penn State, uh, which is an interesting matchup. I think everybody in the country is interested to see that as well because an undefeated Minnesota versus undefeated Penn State. Well, see, it's a win-win for me because if Penn State wins, it's shut up Minnesota. This is why game day did not go there. If Minnesota wins, it's, huh, James Franklin, you're always going to be the Vandy coach to me. Uh, I got to say, this might be the weekend I get into a little bit of that, uh, you know, uh, alcohol. So... Anyway, I'm probably going to drink a lot, watch a few different games, but uh, I think this is going to be one of them. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I know we almost exclusively spent this episode talking about the Alabama LSU, but, I mean, we looked at this week's games, and outside of Penn State, Minnesota, it's like, okay, I mean, who will not be watching the LSU-Bama game? Am I allowed to bring up the pick'em? Because sure. I had an excellent week this week. only missed that was one a lucky game week. Ten. Oh, sir, sir. I plan on having another good pickup this week. TCU didn't have four turnovers. TCU wins the game. I'm I'm picking TCU this week. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Just because I've not been on the Baylor train all year, and I'm not about to hop on now. They're, I picked against them once. I'm not doing it again. Baylor. Yeah. I'm not picking them. I will not do it. Matt Rule can stay over there and lick his lips all he wants. But um, any other interesting games going on that we need to discuss? I know Vandy's playing Florida. Um, obviously a lot of heavy hitters this week. Well, one of the good, I mean, they actually, they play tonight. Temple and South Florida, I think, is actually going to be a good game. I don't. I do. Temple I think South crushes Flo- them. Oh, you want to bet? South Florida wins. Temple crushes them. Hmm. Okay. No, they won't, but all right. Uh... <laughs> Let's see, going through the list. Oh, you missed Arkansas, Western Kentucky. How could I? How could I? Arkansas, oh, one of on the On a real note, though, he loses this week in Western Kentucky. He's gone. I don't think Chad Morris is long for the Arkansas job regardless. I, he's, he's gone if he loses this week. Actually, you know what? There is another good game. Kansas State, Texas. That's going to be a good game. Yes, and uh, I think Texas is a six-and-a-half point favorite um seven seven point favorite um that that actually yes that has very good uh, uh louisville miami louisville was actually i would Louis- almost bet on my louisville there i don't know who's the favorite miami but. is a six and a half point favorite but i kind of like louisville in that game who's it honest. who's at home it's miami but mm. it's a 230 game miami now if it was at night i might give Miami's just coming off that big win over Florida State. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're that disciplined. I could see Louisville. Louisville surprised people this year. Louisville's going through a culture change. That might be, be the relevant. best coaching hire they've had. Absolutely. In a long time. Absolutely. Uh, Mizzou, Georgia. Hmm. I just think it'd be hilarious if Mizzou beat Georgia. They're not going to though. Kelly Bryant's not even sure. They're not even sure he's going to play. He wasn't going to play three days ago, and they said it'd be a game time decision. Hmm. App State, South Carolina. App State. Lost on Halloween or immediately after our podcast. Fun fact for you. To Tennessee, Georgia Southern. Tennessee, Kentucky. 
That's actually a good game. Yeah, I think Kentucky's a two and a half point favorite. It's dropped to one. Damn. And that's in a couple hours because I checked that earlier. I mean, I was working all day. Um, <laughs> regardless, there are some. Who good do you games work for again? <laughs> nobody. Nobody of relevance. Um, Iowa State, Oklahoma. That's a good game. So, mm. okay, based off our bias, we may say that, but honestly, there's five or six games that are going to be good games. I think you're going to see Clemson absolutely destroy NC State. Um, I think I, I kind of like Tennessee over Kentucky. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. I do, too. Uh, and your Utah State is 4-4 four and four playing Fresno State, so go ahead with your bad self. And Fresno State is favored by six points. Moving on. Right. I don't think there are a Nothing whole lot of here. We've seen, we've covered the the two big matchups, Penn State, Minnesota, and LSU, Alabama. Um, there are a few other interesting games, but these are really the ones that, that stand out. Ben, is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Did you want to make a wager? A wager? A wager between the running bias crew. Hmm. Dinner. Dinner? Dinner. Okay. Dinner. Consider it done. Wives and significant others not included. Wife and girlfriends not included. Just between the two of us. Because oh, I'm not paying for two. That is intimate. <laughs> and now you've ruined it. Okay. Yeah, dinner. Uh, dinner where? Well, you you pick and I pick. What, what is your choice of dinner? My choice of dinner shall be wings. Wings? Now I can't pick something higher because I'll feel like a douche. <laughs> well, I... Didn't want you to pick like, Ruth's Chris or something. <laughs> hmm. Where do I want to go for dinner? Don't think about it too long. We're still in the air. Yeah, but... We're this, losing this them. Is a, this is a tough choice, because where do I want to go for dinner? That's a tough choice. That has really good burgers. Uh... Yeah, see, good. I got you. Burgers? Yeah, I would say, well, just do wings. Wings it is. Wings it is. All right. So everybody heard that here on the Running Bias Podcast. Please tweet at us at Bias Running. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the game. We're super excited. This has been your ultimate Bama LSU breakdown for 2019 um, from your Running Bias crew. Look, guys, we appreciate you listening. Ben, what's our Instagram handle? Running Bias 365, sir. Thank you. And I'm deaf in my left ear. You're welcome. Everybody, going to be a phenomenal game this weekend. Hope you enjoy it. Tweet at us. Follow us on Instagram. We're so excited. Rate us on iTunes. And there might not be a podcast next week. Right. Why? Oh, no. There's going to be a podcast. <laughs> even if I, even if you have to drag me up here, there, there's going to be a podcast. So, uh, till next time, guys, thanks for listening. This is Zach. This is Ben. And this is still terrible. This is Running Bias. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.